This podcast has been made possible by Planful and U.S. Bank. Hi, this is Kevin Dixon, CFO of Ipswich, and you are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 545. Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. On today's show, we speak to Ken Stillwell, CFO of Pegasystems of Cambridge, Massachusetts. Having served multiple CFO tours of duty, Ken wants you to know why ARR, annual recurring revenue, is a game changer for finance and your business. Time and again, Ken says finance leaders who make the switch quickly realize what they've been missing. The ARR lens is strategic for finance. He wants you to get on board. (laughs) That discussion begins after these words. In an ever-changing world, it can be tough to keep up with the latest FP&A trends and innovations that keep you ahead of the game. Luckily, there's a podcast for that. Tune in to Being Planful, the podcast for finance leaders and planning experts, and stay in the know about what's happening in planning and forecasting. Guests like influencer Chris Ortega, Boston Red Sox CFO Tim Zhu, and Brian Lapidus of AFP will keep you up to speed on how you can put finance in the driver's seat this year. Find the full episodes at beingplanful.com or wherever you get your podcasts. P.S. Think you might make a great guest on the show? Shoot host Rowan Tonkin an email at beingplanful at planful.com.
I had an opportunity to move outside the U.S. and spend time in our, what was at that point, a, an early mergers and acquisitions group in Price Waterhouse. And I got to spend a lot of time outside the U.S. working with companies in a number of different industries. So I think that really helped me see different companies size and different verticals, different international cultures. So I think that it really gave me a good acceleration in my kind of finance document. Okay, interesting. And then it became sort of a doorway to uh, industry knowledge as well as sort of uh, international experience. We're going to uh, want to touch on your career again during the mentory event. So right now, let's find out about Pegasus uh, systems and uh, what exactly are Pegasus offering? Pega, uh, Pega has been in the enterprise software space for a number of years. We are a leader in the uh, business process management and digital process automation, which is helping our clients digitally transform their organization as they scale and work in kind of the environment of this technology um, uh, revolution that's happened over the last 10 to 20 years. In addition to that, we're a leader in customer engagement, which is it, which is commonly referred to as CRM, and that space is uh, you know, a, a great growth area for us in addition to our roots in digital process automation. Now, you land at Pega Systems, you've already had more than three CFOs doing the two. Now, at Pega, I wonder if it was a similar size organization to those organizations who were CFOs with in the past. Tell us what your priorities are as you arrive at Pega. So, the one thing that is different with Pega compared to some of the other experiences I've had as a, as a CFO or a COO in, 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 my, uh, in, in my history is that Pega is one of those rare examples where a company is growing at an accelerated pace, meaning growing faster than the market growth rate, but also at a significant scale. The Peg is approaching a billion dollars in revenue, and it is really as we do that, as we are, we have a number of transitions that we're making that are accelerating our growth rate, which is an exciting time uh, to be a Peg. In the pre- my previous experience, companies were typically slower growing and really focusing on operational excellence and how to really drive uh, kind of a maximum uh, shareholder value from a business that may have been growing more in the single-digit range. So that's where Pega is really a, a kind of an interesting um, the mix of being a growth but also a scale. And when you arrive, uh, if you have to reorganize finance, were there certain skill sets you want to be What was your, your first order of business? The first thing that, that I typically try to do when I come to an organization is to assess the energy and maybe the acumen and literacy of the organization around financial principles. How well does the company understand the strategy and how the strategy translates into the financial performance and expectation of our shareholders? 
And so that was something that I spent a lot of my early days at Tega was really focusing on financial awareness and presenting to the different groups in the company and really fielding a lot of questions and figuring out where you know, our, you know, our team members at Tega were, were very comfortable with the strategy and how that translated into generating a kind of value versus where there may have been areas that were not as well understood and well explained that I tried to, to spend more time and concentrate in ways around those areas to try to build up kind of the financial confidence of the organization around what we were going to accomplish at Pega. I haven't mentioned that uh, your earlier company crowded here. I mean, I just it's okay. Sure. All right. So uh, on your earlier series of duty, uh, your CFO originally for a company called Taxman. I think that was your first tour of duty. And then, of course, at Dynatrix, um, you were a CFO. Now, are these companies of a similar weight class? What would you tell us? I think you mentioned that it was a roughly a billion. So, Taxman, which, which was, uh, which, uh, was a company that now uh, goes by the name of Servos, um, is, is a recurring business, and I believe somewhere in the few hundred million dollar range. I don't think they're public, so I can't speak to exactly their revenue number, but somewhere in the, you know, a couple hundred million dollars. Dynatrace just recently uh, had an, an initial public offering, uh, maybe a few months ago, and I think they're about 500 million in revenue or somewhere thereabouts, uh, with a market cap uh, somewhere in the five to six billion dollar range. So, in terms of value, a comparable uh, size company to pick up, but not quite as large as revenue. So, it's interesting, though, because you kind of, uh, it's, it's not uncommon, I think, that many of the finance their careers have been, have advanced often from one uh, company to the next, each one a little larger. Is that, uh, was that characterized in the career? Or not? Certainly over the last 10 years or so, I have tended to move up into larger organizations viewing uh, a bigger size platform uh, opportunity as the way to uh, broaden my experience and also uh, generate uh, what I believe is, is, is a, um, you know, a, a larger amount of value to, to the organization that I'm uh, happy to lead. And I think that's an interesting certain finance leaders we speak to prefer the entrepreneurial environment and they're always going to be in the same weight class of companies. Others seek out larger enterprises. Clearly, every environment has a different set of priorities. And I'm wondering if you, if you like the role as much, and plus I don't think you're going to tell us otherwise, but do you personally find greater satisfaction uh, being a finance leader of a billion-dollar company versus in the entrepreneurial uh, realm? So one of the things that's really important for me because it's, it's kind of who I am is that uh, one of my strengths um, is, uh, is that I'm a, uh, I'm a very aggressive learner. And so the environments that I tend to thrive in are environments where the, the change is, uh, is reason at reasonable levels where there's a dynamic environment and there's a transformation or a higher growth acceleration or really something exciting that the company is trying to execute. I tend to look for those opportunities independent of the size of the organization. Uh, it just it, it seems to me that the opportunities have um, for 
learning and acceleration of learning have happened in larger organizations. I don't think the problem, your first part of the question, I do not believe that every company has the same set of challenges or initiatives. I think they are very different, but I do think there are themes or grouping areas. And as I've progressed through my career, I've really found a lot of passion and energy around helping an organization um, go through some of the periods of change, leveraging my experience, but also having a balance of what I could learn and things that maybe more things that I've done kind of five, six, seven, eight times, like some other CFOs that maybe are much more comfortable repeating the same business model over and over again. Let's uh, help our listeners understand better your day-to-day view about that, about those key metrics
I would I would say that if you walked around both our finance team and also our operational groups at Pega, I think that uh, the theme that would probably be a common one about my style is being a business partner. And not a business partner in terms of creating spreadsheets where that we can tell you, you know, what your budget is for a quarter and how you're tracking. Being a business partner helps you to identify opportunities, helping to provide advice, guidance around how things are progressing, to be the eyes and the ears for the leaders of the organization because they may not be able to see things that the finance partners may be able to see. And, and then also helping to solution those, not just giving that giving that problem or that challenge to a different executive or a different part of the organization, but really helping to formulate, here's how we're going to work through that. Maybe it's that we need to reposition marketing investment onto a new campaign that may be, you know, really important to get into a new market or a new vertical or a new, or a new, office, or a new offering. Or it could be something around a hiring plan and how do we accelerate hiring in an opportunity area and not be bound by these traditional kind of budget, you know, role position and really think about things in a, in a bigger picture. How do we still land at the, the appropriate kind of financial, you know, stewardship for our shareholders, but also really not missing opportunities to help accelerate the company. So I think partnering and really being a resource for the organization and a sounding board is really what gets me up in the morning, and I try to push that to my teams as well. Is there one metric that Pega System sort of didn't give the attention it should have that you realized needed to be brought and, and, you know, forward or the field more broadly in the organization or, and again, I'm getting very specific in part because it's always intriguing, but it's, it's one number that can make a difference. We typically did drive our business around a recurring subscription-based relationship with our clients. And that was not really a driver. We looked at, we looked at things more um, on, a, um, on a size of deal, on a total contract value basis versus thinking about the subscription relationship. That happened right about when I started, shortly after I started. That would probably be the one thing that I mentioned. I'm not sure if that's the kind of thing you were thinking about. Not exactly, but uh, that's interesting. Can you maybe give us some more history about how that came to be? We basically introduced the ACB metric in 2017. I started in 2016. We didn't have that metric before, and that was really to encourage the whole company thinking about our success with the recurring relationships that we have with our clients and not just the one time how we did it one quarter or one year. It was interesting. Again, it, it seems like so many companies that moved or migrated to the subscription model, the organization hadn't fully realized it until uh, the ACV metric was firmly in place and, and people understood what it meant. Okay, most companies don't, don't recognize the value of it until you start measuring it. Well, Tim, we're up to our uh, finance strategic moment question, and this is where we ask finance figures that they share a moment of strategic insight that they've experienced along the way during the course of their careers. You have so many, that that's easy to help illustrate one. Does anything come to mind? I think the biggest thing that I've experienced uh, over the last few years. 
years that, that has really been kind of a foundation of what we've been trying to do here at Pega uh, since I joined. Is that the, the concept of annual recurring relationships with clients, ACB, ARR, whatever metric you use to measure that recurring relationship, is really misunderstood in the marketplace until you start to track it. And so I think, it, I think that in the traditional world of companies selling perpetual licenses and thinking of you know, bigger deals and kind of one-time deals and a good quarter, a good year, but not really building that, that really tight relationship where the, where the client relied on the offering that you have and you really were committed to continuing to drive value to the client. The ARR ACD metric is, a, is really a game-changer in terms of moving to the subscription world. And I think that, as I said, companies really um, have struggled with seeing the value of it until they start to report it. Once they report it, it's just obvious. The value they're not only creating for themselves, but the value that they're creating for that relationship with the customer and the different mindset and shift of being an as-a-service company and we're focusing on customer success as a key part of keeping that recurring relationship. The business landscape is changing quickly. As the pressure to manage expenses efficiently and strategically increases, you need solutions that not only help drive down costs and improve efficiencies, but meet the changing needs of your business. At U.S. Bank, we can help. We'll work with you to uncover your specific payment challenges and bring you proactive and innovative solutions and strategies that help you meet the financial goals of your organization. Our commitment to doing the right thing for our customers has earned us the designation of one of the world's most ethical companies from the Ethisphere Institute for six years in a row. To learn more, visit us at usbpayment.com. Early riser, I, I get up extremely early and I stay even on, even on 
market trends, what's happening in the market, anything that I can find, and I believe that that gives me that extra little energy that day to learn one or two things that I may not have known the day prior. Is there a book you'd Hello, listeners. Do us a favor. Be certain to subscribe to CFO Thought Leader on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or Google Play. If you like the show, please recommend it to a friend. Oh, and by the way, the CFO Yearbook 2021 Print Edition debuts on Amazon this quarter. 
featuring 100 profiles of finance leaders from our 2020 season. Would you like to learn more about our CFO guests? Order the CFO Yearbook 2021. Thank you for supporting our efforts to bring you career journeys of CFOs driving change. We'll be back with another episode very soon. Thank you for listening.